So first off, how has the Creator Clash been going so far? It's been a great time. I've, I mean, personally, I've loved hosting it. Welcome. 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 Welcome to Uplink. It's super fun to watch, well, you, but also all the other content creators um, take it to the skies, as I like to say, and just... But, mo- well, but more importantly, me, look. right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, you've been doing great so far. Um, hope to see you in the next round as well. But, I'm uh, super surprised. <laughs> it's been great. It's been uh, good fun to host. Uh, it's been challenging for both Sammy and me to find the time to do all that on top of our own respective mm-hmm. life, really. <laughs> um, I know Sammy, for example, has been putting in like three days in a row or two, I'm not even sure, but lot of hours to just for example edit the round one highlights video yeah which turned out so great but it's such a huge amount of work uh for for an 11 minute video yeah i'm so impressed with the the speed at which you got that out and how good of an edit it is during that time because that's that was a really good (laughs) video that's all sammy (laughs) legit 48 hours like when you think about it there's 16 content creators each playing three games so that's 48 games to go through and edit down to a 10 minute video that's mental mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how i did that but yeah i was i was honored to get the uh the privilege of voicing that one it was a fun time mm-hmm. yeah i love having you uh voice well not not even just that video but uh, even the trailer a few months back it's yeah great. definitely it was it was a really fun time um Sammy put it the voice of Star Wars Legion sir was it yeah. you on Twitter someone yeah that was me <laughs> always here to help out my boys it's been it's been a great fun watching the the tournament go on it's been an absolute blast getting together and getting those practice sessions in being able to um, play with with all the people super surprised to make it out of the first round it was I'm also super impressed with how that random that random uh, bracket went with pairing up people pretty much evenly rip hello greedo sadly <laughs> yeah <laughs> but overall besides that like matchup it, it didn't seem like super super crazy unbalanced so that's been good yeah i, I know for example um from your own live stream a few minutes ago uh star wars explains alex um thought it wasn't random just because th- it was matched up so equally so mm-hmm. it was so balanced around one uh yeah but no it was all just we entered it on a tournament website on challenge yep. and that's that's what it drew that's that those were the matchups so uh it's it's crazy to see well it's kind of sad for star wars explained to be kicked out first round for mm-hmm. example but on the other side it, it makes for some great games right off uh, yeah. to kickstart the tournament so that's fantastic the um the rogue boys jumped in the chat a bit um we actually had quite a few members of the 181st in there and <laughs> joking with them like please don't practice right now <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's pretty awesome um how frequently if you play um around the same time as another creator how frequently you would be able to get paired up with each other just because of how the matchmaking works it favors those full teams so it's been really fun seeing those matchups obviously it's like takes the adrenaline up to the next level as Mm -hmm. (laughs) as you're like oh no because if you can get this win and do well against them it takes something away from the other team so it's been it's been really cool seeing that that go down 
I mean, on one hand, I'm super happy that we managed to match up one against the other, and that's definitely something to keep in mind for, uh, well, I won't say future editions, but it's interesting to note if we're going to do more tournaments or events on squadrons, to know that it's possible mm -hmm. and not that hard to match up one against the other. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's feasible, not very... It's feasible, exactly, exactly. It's not uh, like super hand, intuitive, but yeah, 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 possible. No, for sure. But then again, on on the other hand, I feel like that's kind of a well a red flag for the game's population, maybe, or maybe it's just a matchmaking. But mm -hmm. I feel like not even well now it's been one month, but barely one month after the game's launch, having to wait a few minutes sometimes or matching up so often against the same teams i'm I'm not sure mm -hmm. i don't know if that's uh, something to worry about or if it's just a matchmaking that's true uh I'm, i'm checking the numbers now on steam and there are 1719 people in game right now okay yeah no shouldn't worry <laughs> <laughs> so it's been it's been pretty good the peak all time was 35,721. so it's been wow. yeah it's overall well received um What's going to be interesting to see how long it can keep up those numbers because it can be it can do really well. I have been noticing a surge of squadrons players in Battlefront 2, so that's been interesting to see as well. It's been a curious little um, point on the on the graphic there to see people who have been enjoying uh, squadrons and also going back to the other games to see see what's going on on that front. So it's been it's been yeah. cool to see. Um, yeah, I must say that's not something that I really expected. I feel like people would more easily be drawn into squadrons coming from other games than to go to other games coming from squadrons, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So Just because squadrons is so niche in, in its own way. It definitely um, is. But overall... Yeah, it's interesting. Great, great time over at the Star Wars Legions Creator Clash. I'm super pumped to see what's going on later and <laughs> what what we uh what the future holds for the idea of Star Wars Squadrons esports. Got to be very interesting. Just, please. Please, yeah. Every episode. Please. <laughs> until they sorry. until they mention until they officially announce private matches every episode. Exactly. <laughs> uh but now going on to the main topic of this episode. Let's talk about future Star Wars games. Specifically, the rumor that came about and then got squashed immediately afterwards about Motive creating another Star Wars game. Um, it's something that was feasible, that uh, people expected with, um, with the love that was being sent to Motive's way on their first full game with Star Wars Squadrons and the popularity of such a niche game, that there was a job listing that mentioned Star Wars um, and a new IP, but was actually not that at all. What were your thoughts over the, the whole course of that? Well, honestly, I didn't even have the time to get hyped. Um, <laughs> before it was announced that that was just a, an error, just a mistake. <laughs> I literally just didn't check Twitter that day, and then I came back to the day thereafter, so I guess that's today or yesterday that they announced it was a mistake. Um... Yeah, then everyone was like, oh, there's this going on, and oh no, it's not going on, actually. So, it was confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. In uh, hindsight, hindsight, I'm not sure. Um, it's 
well, somewhat disappointing to not know where we are headed. Um, it, it seems like it's going to be a long, long way through the desert once again. Uh, we don't have a lot of news about upcoming Star Wars games, except for Jedi Fallen Order 2. Yeah, at least EA developed ones. Um, yeah. Because we've got the only Star Wars game that we have officially confirmed for 2021 is in spring and that's the the lego star wars skywalker saga um mm-hmm. and that was originally supposed to come out this year crazy we would have had two games within the same month with squadrons at the beginning of the month and i believe uh yeah. lego star wars the skywalker saga was going to be towards the middle of the month so that's that would have been insane it would have been really hard to I think I don't think Squadrons would have done as well as it did if Lego Star Wars came out during that same time because people do save their money up for those specific games. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, and and Lego Star Wars is a guaranteed success, pretty much, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it can go wrong, but how wrong can it really go when it's a Lego Star Wars game? Exactly. You know, people will be hyped for it and will be buying it. And well, launching Squadrons in the same launch window as a Lego Star Wars game that would that would have been uh risky to say the least mm-hmm. definitely some real-time follow-up here um in regards to how many people are playing battlefront right now there are currently 1723 people in game with battlefront 2 so actually for a game that's coming up on its 30th anniversary to be on the level of squadrons right now is pretty impressive it's crazy yeah and that's that's on Steam alone, right? Or on PC that's alone? that's that's only on Steam. On Steam, wow. Okay, so that's not even counting the well, many, many, many people, including myself, that bought the game on Origin mm-hmm. uh, in the first two years of its launch, or even PlayStation and Xbox. So definitely, and yeah. also considering wow. that it was only added to Steam pretty recently, within I think eight months or so. Yeah, exactly. Cl- maybe close to a year. The real push for EA games on Steam. It was around that time. But mm-hmm. just some little real, real-time follow-up there. Going back to the Montreal, Mode of Montreal thing there. For some, for some background, we had, there was a listing on EA about Mode of Montreal wanting, or putting out a job listing for um, a new IP Star Wars action game. But immediately the next day or so, like it really got pushed. And then we got, so it looks like October 31st Games Radar Uh, posted the developer behind Star Wars Squadrons is working on a new Star Wars action game. And then on November 4th, Motive Montreal posted this. As a result of human error, and yes, it does happen, we have seen speculation circulating. While we're not working on a new Star Wars project, we're on to something very special. Follow us here so you don't miss any of our latest news. So that, that posting there got adjusted to say a new IP, not... Uh, a new Star Wars project, which mm. it's disappointing to see with so little that we've got in terms of content on the horizon. We've got Lego Star Wars, the game coming out next year, pretty soon. And then I think the next closest one is um, Respawn with Jedi Fallen Order 2. And I think that was confirmed for 2022. Yeah. So it's going to be one game a year again, right? Yeah, it seems to be. Um, I'm really curious to see how the longevity of uh, LEGO Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Because it's going to be, I mean, I expect it to be at this point a great game. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm so looking forward to it. But then again, I'm not sure that's a game that I can keep playing for like an entire year. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even if that's a game that content creators, you included, but also just 
other general uh, Star Wars news and games YouTubers mm-hmm. can keep making content on. So that's yeah, it's uh, I'm curious. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to see how the game turns out and how much you can play of it before getting bored eventually. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we had friend of the podcast, Wolf of Wolf on last episode. We talked about all things like with Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Yeah. And something that came to my mind while we were recording that, uh, spoke about it on the podcast, was the possibility of future Lego Star Wars games. What those would look like and the possibility for, I mean, it's 2020, 2021, will that, that game will come out. Games nowadays, the, the huge thing is games as a service. Um, live service game so you buy a base game whether it's free or you pay for it and then you get continued support of that content what are your thoughts about do you do you expect could you see lego star wars games becoming a live service so it's maybe the skywalker saga and they set it up pretty pretty broadly because they're adding some mandalorian content there could you see them adding like continued support like seasons for the lego game yeah that, that would be uh i don't know i'm, I'm kind of Kind of splits here because on on one hand, I think that would be awesome to have some continued support, to have the game well kept alive for uh, many more months after launch. Now on the other hand, that's something we've never seen Lego games do before, so it will be a first time, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, uh, could work, could maybe not work. I'm not sure. I'm looking forward to it either way. <laughs> I'll be buying it, and oh, hopefully yeah. there's some post-launch content. Yeah, that would definitely be great, but. I'm not like I don't want to get my hopes up for it. I'll say it that way. Mm-hmm. I know they said um, that they will have some DLC coming out for it. That they've got some planned stuff coming out for in, on that front. Uh, as as most Lego Star Wars games come out do, uh, Lego Star Wars: The Force Unleashed had something similar. They had the little DLC packs with characters and different story uh, that you could go through, as well as the Lego Batman games usually have those as well. So we have some mm-hmm. precedents there for continue that we will have future DLC for it and future content, but we don't know for how long, um, and we don't know what the scope of those will be. I mean. In and of itself, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is a gigantic game. Like, the biggest Lego game that they will have ever. Um, yeah, for sure. What's funny is, like, right off the bat, they're already going against the Lego Star Wars. Um, they're going outside of the scope of The Skywalker Saga by bringing in content from Mandalorian. So, it's fascinating. Because I, th- I think they did something similar with Lego Star Wars The Force on Unle- Or, Lego Star Wars <laughs> Force Awakens. So complicated. Um where they had Clone Wars content in one of the DLC packs. So it's not like you have to have a set era for these games. I'm not sure what to answer here. <laughs> um, like, uh, see, the thing is, I was kind of lost in my own thoughts because the more I think of it, um, and the more, I believe, with the direction Star Wars media is taking at the moment, uh, we've seen The Mandalorian getting heaps of success. Um, it's working as a medium. It's... People love watching it as a series. Uh, we've got the upcoming Kenobi series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, many more content that way. I, I believe there was also the Kestion Endor series, right? Um, so I could see the game have some kind of post-launch, well, seasonal kind of thing where maybe every uh, season of The Mandalorian or whatever other show they would add some new content that could totally work mm-hmm. 
But looking forward, they've said they're doubling down on Star Wars games. The The license expires in 2023. That 10-year process, like we said many times on the podcast, uh, we've had since 2013, Battlefront 2015. We've had Battlefront 2 2017, Jedi Fallen Order. And now we've had Star Wars Squadrons. So that's four games in that seven-year span. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a future right now where we're getting a game every year for at least next two years. But yeah, I hope so. In the golden age of Star Wars video games, we had like two to four games a year. What studios would you like to see create some Star Wars video game content? That's a tough question. Um, I'd say Respawn, but they, they're already busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I just hope we can see more games and, I, and, and less cancellations, less games being cancelled. Because, you know, in, in kind of in preparation of the podcast here, I was uh, researching which games got cancelled over the years. Well, I started doing that. I just stopped midway because that was getting me depressed, man. Just <laughs> all those fantastic premises and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the first well, being Star Wars 1313. Yeah, oh yeah, don't, don't even get me started. Yeah, absolutely. 1313. Well, see, that's interesting because many people would love to see a Star Wars 1313 come out today, but in my eyes, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is pretty much the... Um, uh, how does how do you say that in English? Well, the figurative son like, uh, of uh, Star Wars 1313. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a Star Wars action adventure game uh somewhat open world well obviously Star Wars 1313 would have been about Coruscant and about bounty hunters and stuff and uh-huh. that's that's what makes it so awesome as well <laughs> ah the dream but um yeah do, do you see any possibility that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 would take us to Coruscant oh dude I would be so happy <laughs> if they did something like that they've already they've already put a focus on the Clone Wars and prequel era content where they had the flashbacks with Cal yeah. going back and doing the training. So we have precedent of them going back to the prequel trilogy. And it's a beautiful mix of like prequel and original trilogy. I, I love the era that it explored. So mm-hmm. continuation of that with planets that we, we've previously seen would be fantastic. So we've got Bagano, Braca, Dathomir, Ilum, Kashyyyk, Nur and Zepho. So those are the that's seven. Yeah. So that's a good good portion of planets. We have precedent there of going back to planets that we've seen, those being Dathomir and Kashyyyk. A planet that I really wish that they had focused on a lot more, Bracca. Yeah. That's really close to like that Coruscant underworld vibe. And mm-hmm. I don't think they sure. really spent a whole lot of time like expanding that. It's a little bit in the, the first. You don't really get to explore much more than the opening section. On that note, do you think that they we had Jedi Fallen Order become more... It was a more of a, a Metroidvania. So it was like Dark Souls, Metroidvania, um, Uncharted a bit. It was a, it was a merge of really popular games and those mechanics. Yeah. Do you see them sticking to that? Or do you see them taking it further and trying some new things because they won't be able to to lock uh, his abilities once again so they'll have to find different ways to mm-hmm. take that further you see I've, I, I see two ways they can go about a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order um, one way is to as you mentioned like continue the story of Cal Kestis um, but then again that's that would be weird to me just because he's already a 
a full-grown man and Jedi now. Like he's <laughs> he knows his <laughs> abilities. He's ready to fight. He's got nothing more to discover. So I'm not sure how they would implement that and implement a learning curve mm-hmm. into the game if they well kept telling the story of Calcastus. And to me, that's maybe why they didn't go and call the game Calcastus a Star Wars story. You know, <laughs> it's not just about Calcastus. <laughs> to me, what makes Jedi Fallen Order Jedi Fallen Order? I'll say it that way. Um, it's more of the gameplay, the action-adventure aspect of it, the somewhat open worlds, but not entirely, the narrative uh, Jedis or, well, Fallen, literally, and yeah, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So with that um, perspective in mind, I could see them maybe like change the protagonists, change the era, change the planets as well, and take us to, I don't know, like uh, post-Empire, um or uh even even pre-republic who knows well no that, that wouldn't be fallen jedis but whatever you get the picture they could do whatever they want as long as it keeps being a star wars action adventure game mm-hmm. in my opinion that's what makes jedi fallen or jedi fallen or so okay. yeah i would agree with the metroidvania kind of aspect of the game so you could see them not not focusing directly on Calcastus as the main character. Would would do you want them to just create a new character or someone that we've already seen in in the world? Yeah, that's um, I'm always like a a fan of just introducing new characters because there's already so many characters in Star Wars that we know so well, and as cool as a a video game on, for example, I don't know Mace Windu as a as a Padawan or whatever that that would be awesome. But then again, there's so much to explore in the Star Wars universe. It's so fast, it's so big. And so having new stories told, um, in my opinion, is awesome. So yeah, I could see them just create a new character from scratch, have a totally different backstory than Calcastus had. Maybe not like a, well, maybe not have his Jedi master die or whatever from the Jedi purge, but yeah. some other backstory pretty much. What could be fascinating um, is if you start off as a, a, a character who is younger and just starting out realizing that like a character that's on the list that Kyle Kestis has and attempting to rebuild the Jedi order. Um, and you play as that character yeah. exploring the world and learning your abilities. And then you come in contact with Cal Kestis and he is your trainer. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> the only problem I see with that is separating it from the first game. Cause if you tie it to the, where you can't have your double jump until later on, if you can't have this ability until mm-hmm. later on, if you can't yeah. have this ability till, till later on, why don't you just go back and play the first game? Like what's the separation between those two things instead of doing exactly. the exact same yeah. again? Yeah, that will be good to see. See, um, they could also just go a totally different way than just a, a next better one kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. when you think about it in uh, The Rise of Skywalker, uh, Finn becomes Force-sensitive at some point, right? Yeah. So there's <laughs> hints of it. So imagine if there's like, a, or or like Broomstick Kid at the end of The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Broomstick Kid is, is the next Jedi Fallen <laughs> Order protagonist. See? He's been in front of us all along, and yeah, now at last in 2021, we'll get to know Broomstick Kid a bit more and get a Broomstick <laughs> Fallen Order sequel to our beloved game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Jedi Fallen Order 2, Boomst- uh, Broomstick, Broomstick Kid, Kid Electric Boogaloo 2. <laughs> Absolutely. So I've got the, the list of cancelled Star Wars games pulled up here. Um, are you ready? I'm not sure. Bear yourself. <laughs> so going all the way back to Atari 2600. There is a game called uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi Ewok Adventure that got cancelled. Uh, more recently, 
Uh, there was quite a span where they don't have at least reported a lot of Star Wars games. Uh, this is from mm-hmm. a source from Wikipedia here. Battlefront 3 for 2008 it was going to originally be released for PlayStation 3, Windows, and Xbox 360. Um, Star Wars First Assault, which was a first-person shooter, um, slated to be out in 2012, or that's at least when the production was. Star Wars 1313, that was the biggest one. We've had a lot of uh, reporting done on that one. Great feature in Jason Schreier's book. If, if you haven't read that, it's a great read. Definitely a huge insight into the beginning or the, the ending of LucasArts and how that worked out in the, the last phases and how that game was. While it looked great, it was still in super early production and the poor team there was really, really hit hard by a lot of shakeups in the studio. Star Wars Outpost, uh, Attack Squadrons, uh, Knights of the Old Republic 3. That's still a hotly, hotly requested item. I would love to see another one of the that series. Force Unleashed 3 and then Project Ragtag. I think Project Ragtag got canceled twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the studio went in- under. Interestingly enough, of like read a bit of about Ragtag um, earlier today still. And it's actually like something I didn't know um, before today is that it pretty much got cancelled in favor of Squadrons. Really? Yeah, literally. Uh, I looked back at a video and article actually from uh, Jason Schreier and on Kotaku as well. Um, and basically, I, I can just read you the, the quote. That will be better. Yeah, definitely. So... Uh, When EA's top decision makers looked at their roadmap for the next few years, they decided that they needed something earlier than the planned release for Orca. So Orca being Project Ragtag in their internal name. Okay. According to two people familiar with what happened. So they cancelled Orca in favor of a smaller scale Star Wars project that's now aimed for much sooner, likely late 2020. Oh wow. So now, in hindsight, (laughs) that was Squadron's Indeed, uh, smaller scale projects, mm-hmm. and I mean it makes sense from a business point of view, but it's still uh, it yeah. Sucks. There's one like cutting your losses and saying, okay, this game is a much more easily accessible push for when we want it to come out to help our our uh, quarterly earnings there. But man, it, it was mm-hmm. it was rough for that team. I mean that 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 game literally killed that studio. So cancellation yeah, here on in Wikipedia says EA released Star Wars Battlefront in November 2015, which was extremely successful. But instead of funneling more of its studios into Battlefront sequels, uh, Motive Studios were taken off Ragtag and Versal was not allowed to hire additional staff. So this is, this is a super key point here. Uh, one of the, the reasons that... Um, 1313 felt was that exact thing they were able to continue work on the game but they were not able to hire new staff and a lot of the staff that was in charge of 1313 was leaving so by the end of it they had a very small crew and basically they structured it to where they couldn't make any headway on it and created the reason for it be like well there wasn't much headway on it because we didn't allow people to be hired for that project, so we just should go ahead and cancel it. Mm, yeah, it's dirty. <laughs> that's yeah, that's like so. It's a shame the amount of Star Wars games that we've had canceled on us, and that's those are just the ones that have been reported. There, there are always internally in video game studios tests, pitches. Um, so that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. If we had like a whole read through of all of the games canceled, I would imagine that that number would be 
much greater. It's yeah. just those were sure. weren't past either idea phase or they got to idea phase and they just weren't um, put as feasibly to be monetized, I guess. I mean, I feel like Star Wars games um, look or feel like they are cancelled more often just because they have to announce Star Wars games more often. You know? mm-hmm. If I was, for example, making, I'm not even sure which game, but like a big AAA game, it's a new IP, it would make sense to announce it in its early stages because nobody's really waiting for it at that point. Mm-hmm. So you want to announce it when you know it's pretty much ready or when it starts marketing when the time comes, really. But with Star Wars, that's a different story because people are waiting for Star Wars games and especially with EA having the license, like, <laughs> we are hungry for more, so <laughs> give us more and give us every bit of information uh, will count, you know. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, it sucks when they cancel games, but I'm not even sure that they cancel more Star Wars games than they cancel other games in the industries. Yeah, they just aren't as widely reported. And I think that they just yeah, that right there is a huge problem for why it's so hard to make a Star Wars game. It's because it's such a huge IP. Like when you when you create a new IP or you have something consistent, like uh, Apex is an offshoot of Titanfall, so they had that they had that previous example of, okay, Titanfall does well, let's try this, we really enjoy it internally, let's see what it does. Um, Fantastic, a top earner for EA. Um, But then, like, if you wanted to do the same thing with Star Wars, you have to be like, okay, you've pitched the idea to Lucasfilm first. They say, okay, I know you wanted it to be a third-person lightsaber game, but... How about instead of Fallen Order, you do something with bounty hunters? That would be fantastic. Make it a first-person shooter. And unless you have a team like Respawn who have that clout and experience to say, no, that's not our speciality, we wouldn't be able to create that. We don't want to get shut down like you did the other studios. We're making this game. And they, I know it's been reported that they fought very hard to be able to make Fallen Order what it is. And that's that's a testament to the skill of Respawn and knowing what games are going to do well because they've had titanfall one and two apex and uh fallen order all have been huge successes and fantastic games like if they made a bounty hunter game while it would be epic i don't think they because they didn't originally want to make that game i don't think it would have been as much of a passion project as it was and therefore not as successful yeah for sure See, I've, I believe they've announced yesterday as well that um, Apex has just passed 1 billion oh my gosh. Uh, profits, something like that, um, which is huge. And which got me thinking, like, at the very start of Apex, they didn't announce Apex until when it released, right? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, they announced Apex the day of its launch or 24 <laughs> hours before. Imagine if they did that with Star Wars. Like, imagine if just tomorrow... They come out and say, hey, here's a Star Wars game for you. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> here's a Star Wars battle royale. Let's go. Yeah, no, they can't do that for Star Wars just because of the IP pretty much. So I, I know I personally would not want to be the lead of a Star Wars game. <laughs> the amount of stress and the the constant fear. and the, the Like if I was a, a studio head, I'd be like, yeah, while I love Star Wars, there is a lot less trouble and a lot less chance of me getting my studio canceled if I just do a new IP. <laughs> yeah, sure. Which is disappointing to see, especially in a world where we aren't getting a new Star Wars movie until 2022, I believe. Or 2022 or 2023 
is when they've announced the next one to be. Is that going to be the Ryan Johnson trilogy thing? I don't think they've officially confirmed that. I'm so lost in like all the announced and unannounced and rumored and <laughs> I'm just looking forward to new Soros media uh, yeah. in general. But So October 22nd, this is a report from Cheat Sheet. According to CBR, Lucasfilm currently has three release dates staked out for Star Wars films. December 16th, 2022, December 20th, 2024, and December 18th, 2026. The article states that the Taika Waititi, Thor Ragnarok, Jojo Rabbit Star Wars film is released scheduled for a 2024 premiere. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Yeah. <laughs> Just realize it's 2024 seems so far off. It does. Can you imagine in which state the world will be, hopefully past COVID and stuff? Well, it'll definitely but, be another election. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Yeah, so that that's just a, a brief look at the the future of Star Wars games. Uh, it's sad to see the the motive motive news be shown as just a mistake, but hopefully EA is looking at the the reaction to the possibility of more Star Wars games and looking like okay, we we had like a little typo on an internal job application and people saw that. And the amount of PR that we got on all of these sites mm-hmm. was so huge. I would definitely, I, I definitely think that they're looking at that. And also the success of Battlefront 2, like continuously looking at the numbers um, at how popular that game is still. And it's going into its third year. It's, it's really cool to see. You know what? That typo, the more I think of it, it wasn't a mistake. It was a happy accident. <laughs> <laughs> We don't, we don't make mistakes. We have happy accidents. Definitely. They will notice, hopefully. They will notice. Let's hope so. But, get, but thanks again for coming on the podcast. It's always great to hear your beautiful French accent. <laughs> well, my pleasure. <laughs> thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to all the stuff on the Crater Clash. If you are not following either Arcross or Star Wars Legions, you should definitely, definitely do so. Um great time keep a keep an eye out and if you didn't get to watch the round one recap of the creator clash definitely go check that out on the star wars legions youtube channel it's looking good let's hopefully uh they add private matches and we'll be able to continue the amazing amazing star wars squadrons esports stuff yeah i'm so ready for private matches like they could announce it today and it would have a tournament ready by tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> okay we're restructuring the creator clash again let's go <laughs> <laughs> let's do it again thank you so much Bye.